Hello and welcome to Guiding Assets, the flagship investment podcast for CFA Institute. I'm Mike Wahlberg, and for this episode of the show, given it is Climate Week in New York, we thought it was timely to talk about impact investing. And who better to discuss this topic than today's guest, Adam Ryan, an alum of Yale, MIT, and Harvard. Adam is president and chief investment officer for CapShift, a Boston-based impact investing firm he co-founded with former Fidelity president, Jack Perold. Adam will explain it a bit for us today, but at a high level, CapShift serves the high net worth space by making it easy for individuals and their advisors to find and vet impact investments. For followers of climate tech, another tidbit is Adam was a co-founder of Greentown Labs, North America's largest climate tech incubator. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be here. And before we get started, I'm hoping you can orient us a bit today, Adam. How does impact investing, in terms of the way you define it and work with it every day, fit into the broader universe of socially responsible investing, ESG, and the like? And is it entirely private capital that you focus on? Yeah, there's a lot of confusion among advisors and clients. Although, if you ask high net worth families, are you interested in sustainable and impact investing, about 50% will say, this concept sounds great. We'd like to do more of this. Now, do you ask how easy is it to do this? Only a small fraction of that have actually deployed assets. And, and that's really the problem we set out to tackle. Most of the talk in the market is around sustainable and ESG investing, environment, social governance, which is primarily in public markets and primarily is around assessing the risk of non-financial characteristics that may affect your financial return of your portfolio. So you start to hear, oh, privacy concerns at Facebook or how green is Google and things of that nature. Impact investing tends to be a different segment than that, primarily private markets, not all, some in public. And it's very much about driving both financial and social or environmental returns through your portfolio. It tends to be very concentrated and thematic in nature. So the typical stereotypical impact investing fund would be a climate venture capital fund, a affordable housing real estate fund, a microfinance lending fund. And that's really the core of hundreds of these funds that form the basis behind Capture. And what do you see as the market size for this market? Do you do, you do any sort of sizing exercises around it? Yeah, the largest industry association, the GEN, did a big survey to try to really figure out this market and came up with an estimate of a little over $700 billion in impact investing funds across the global landscape. IFC did analysis $2 trillion is this market. And both of those are forecasting rapid, rapid double-digit growth over the next five years. So if you take that existing market and then that pent-up demand that we see, which are unhappy clients who are asking for it and not getting it, we see this as one of the largest underserved parts of the wealth and asset management market. Okay, so your client has decided to allocate capital to impact investing. What is the best starting point for an advisor to develop a successful climate strategy for them? We put out some public-facing materials at CapShift to help advisors think through the primer of what is climate investing and how can I help my clients start this. And we looked at, we call it the ABCs with the principles of align, build, and catalyze as three principles that you can walk clients through as they become increasingly sophisticated. Aligning around climate is very much in the ESG landscape, where you're looking at your public investment portfolio and saying, 
how can we meet similar benchmark-driven returns with a very diversified portfolio, but tilt that portfolio to having less fossil fuel exposure, less risk time to climate crises, and more allocation to climate solutions within that portfolio. So from a returns perspective, risk perspective probably looks pretty similar. We are trying to align that portfolio to have less climate risk, better climate outcomes. That's all around alignment. Underneath that portfolio is still a lot of Fortune 500 companies. Building is the next step where people start to look at private alternative funds, investing in renewable energy infrastructure, investing in sustainable regenerative agriculture businesses or farmland, where you can generate market rate returns, but actually be building out that trillions of dollars of infrastructure we need to actually address the, the climate crisis. When the third bucket is we call catalyze, because it's very much about using your dollar to help create or scale a solution that couldn't be done by the market alone. So it's very much geared towards charitable assets first, which many people think about charity is, is just giving money away to nonprofits, but we were struck that there's $1 trillion of investment dollars sitting in foundations and donor-advised funds, the two most popular, popular charitable vehicles for families. And of that trillion dollars, almost none of it is in climate investment. So Catalyze is saying, how can I use my charitable dollars, not just to give grants to nonprofits, but to actually invest in things that can scale up and change whole markets around climate solutions? So that's interesting for me, because one of the things I wanted to talk about today is, you know, using your capital to pursue social goals doesn't have to be mutually exclusive from maximizing risk-adjusted returns, but sometimes it may be. And what I'm understanding, what you're saying is that some clients are deliberately allocating assets to this and thinking of them as more of a charitable donation and, and sort of an investment in, you know, a healthy climate for the future without having, you know, as high an expectation around actually getting a return on that money. So how do you advise advisors, I guess, on approaching this conversation with clients? Like, how do you demarcate between those sort of different sets of goals? Well, that's what we set up CapShift to try to help with. I think advisors are generally very comfortable around talking about build, being a fiduciary and building market rate portfolios for clients. And one arm of CapShift says, we want to help you source diligence, do impact reporting on all of the exciting new funds across the sustainable development goals. So racial equity and justice, education, health, any of the city-specific investments, all of these things that a client might ask for, how can advisors have new tools to build that market rate portfolio? When it comes to this second bucket, which is often called impact-first investing or charitable investing, that's really outside of that market rate spectrum, most advisors don't feel very comfortable building those portfolios. And so we have our own sub-advisor here at CapShift to help just help advisors build those kind of specialty charitable portfolios on behalf of their clients. So we, we don't usually get into product too much on the show, but I am interested in understanding how CapShift in practice delivers the investment products to clients. So are you, do you connect, do you sort of help advise them on structuring what they should have in there and then make introductions or do you actually syndicate stuff or like how, how, do, how do the, how do the impact investments get into the portfolios of clients who work with you guys? We tried to not invent this from scratch. We looked at the market and said, what are other parts of the market that are fragmented or complex where advisors 
use outside services to help them build portfolios. And public markets, they might use a direct indexing partner to build a tax-efficient passive portfolio. For alternative funds, they might use an alternative funds platform to help discover and execute on building alternative funds portfolios. We see CapShift in that same part of the market just with a focus on impact investment portfolios is our core focus. So really our process starts with an advisor saying, here is what a client is looking for. Here's the mandate in terms of risk, return, geography, or impact. We then have a technology platform that helps match what the client's looking for to provide sourcing, diligence, portfolio construction around a specific portfolio. And then we partner with that advisor to help them execute it through their preferred custodian or by providing our own impact and financial performance reporting. So I think half of it is being very easy to integrate with all the various types of advisors, multifamily offices out in the market. But the special sauce that we see is having a team of experts that really understand impact investing because we found that for the underlying client, it's not, not just enough to say, we've built you the health portfolio. They start asking questions and say, well, what's underneath it? What kind of businesses are you investing in? And so we try to add that layer of easily accessible expertise that that can be brought to the client as well. So, so backing up a little bit, I guess I'm interested in understanding as well, kind of how this process works for defining the objective. So what do you see in terms of climate investing objectives that clients come to you with? Like, how does that fall into sort of various buckets? Yeah, I've been doing climate investing for about a decade. It's what I did before CapShift, have worked with a lot of families. I think we've seen three main kind of approaches and it's not obvious. Climate seems just like a big issue and, and you might think everyone's looking at it the same. I think the first and most common approach is around scaling climate mitigation, which is to say climate's a global crisis. It's all around the amount of greenhouse gas emissions. And so how can we both invent new technologies, scale new technologies, and it's all about bang for my buck. The one metric I care about is how much CO2 am I taking out of the atmosphere? And that's very much kind of global mitigation focused approach. I think a second approach we often see is more community resiliency driven, which is saying, I live in California, we have droughts, we have floods, we can see how it's impacting farmers. How can we think about investing in a way that will strengthen our communities? And what I care about is particularly the low income communities and how they're adapting to climate change and what are new solutions to help them. And that's more of that adaption, resiliency, impact focus approach. And the third category we see is to say, hey, I'm really focused on returns first. I see climate primarily as a financial risk. What are those products that will let me get alpha or financial edge in the market? Because I believe the market is not pricing in climate change accurately. And yeah, yeah, I kind of care about the impact too. But really, I'm here with a financial first lens saying less risk. And then the climate solutions, there's a trillion dollar market. I want exposure to that. And so those are the three mindsets we often uh, bump into. So it's interesting for the alpha generation, obviously, that's the easiest of the three to measure the effectiveness of, of the strategy. How do you think about measuring the effectiveness of investments in, in these impact funds? Like, How do you measure the results? I think mitigation is easier. In public markets, there's good data on carbon footprints of large public companies. 
in private markets, climate funds do a pretty good job of assessing the greenhouse gas emissions reduced when solar panels are deployed, wind farms are deployed, green hydrogen projects are deployed. The hardest one of all is around resiliency and adaptation. We have less good data about how we've reduced risk, but there are some pioneering funds that are out there and we hope five years from now that that will be more robust on the impact measurement side as well. So Adam, I wonder if you could provide an example of a sample climate portfolio that you might build for a client. Yeah, and, and we've had, I'd say climate is the number one issue area we still see among the, the growing client base here at CapShift. And usually it segments into some portion among liquid public aligned assets, some portion among market rate assets, and some more catalytic. Uh, I think a most recent client that came in was very focused on liquidity in the portfolio. It was a, a charitable portfolio. They wanted the ability to pull dollars out to grant it out whenever they wanted. And what's exciting is that there's a growing set of market rate climate funds that can give you exposure to renewable energy infrastructure, that can give you more liquid exposure to regenerative farming, very popular topic among our client base. And so although some clients say, look, climate's such a big deal, we're willing to lock up our dollars for 10, 15 years to really help invent the next wave of technology. There's that that type of investor. But I think what's exciting is it's more available now to a broader part of the market because you see more lower risk or more liquid products that are scaling. And so really climate solutions, the takeaway for me is can fit into a broad part of client portfolios that have interest in this topic, delivering kind of comparable risk-adjusted returns, targeting that for many different types of clients. That's terrific. We're coming to the end of our time today here, Adam, and we're down to our final question, which is a two-parter. And that's, what was your first job in the industry? And if you could go back and take yourself for coffee on your first day, what key piece of advice would you offer yourself? Depending on how we define the industry, my first job was launching a wind energy startup out of graduate school, which got me into the climate world. And it, it really was first trying to build a company that I met the investor side of the house uh, and joined a family office-driven investment team and leveraging the expertise of building the companies to start looking at investing companies. And that was about 12 years ago, back in what we call the, the dark days of the climate world after the financial crisis where all the capital for climate solutions dried up. And I think the advice I would give myself, I grew up thinking that career trajectory was more of a ladder and you were reaching for the next rung. And oftentimes what I'd wish looking back was that I was encouraged to take much bigger risks where you might actually accomplish something really big and you might actually fail. And I think for a lot of people, we live in the never wanting to fail bucket, which is whether it's school or whether it's your job, but we can only accomplish big things together if people are willing to not play it safe. And it's hard to do big things if you can't risk failing at the same time. So I think we've learned both to embrace the risk of failure as part of the, and manage risk as part of the way to accomplish big goals, whether you're in the investing world and startup world or in the climate world. I've been speaking today with Adam Ryan, co-founder of CapShift, a Boston-based impact investing firm. Many thanks for your time today, Adam. This has been great, Mike, and hopefully we've recruited a new wave of climate investors. I hope so too. I'm Mike Wahlberg, and this is me, Guiding Assets. <music>